For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 78. Woo! And we are back for week two of Brahms Movie Month. Brahm, that's me. <laughs> nice. Brahm. And what? Nothing. Go on. Okay. I will proceed <laughs> by letting you all know that we watched a, uh, a a film franchise near and dear to my heart. Uh, this is one of the only comic book series that I really uh, got into, and I don't know why that was. It's just kind of one of the longest running, actually, now, if I think about it, um, back into uh, the, would have been almost the late 1990s, early 2000s, when I think the first one came out. No, it would have been, yeah, early 2000s when the first one came out. Still going, but I think they're going to be merging with uh, the rest of the Marvel comic universe here before long. I did have a little blip about that. Sure, what do you quick. got? I did read that um, the Disney guy, the head of Disney or whatever, they did say that they are completely done with anything um, with these actors, these uh this I guess this series, what Dark Phoenix was is the last one it's, of that. It's gonna be yeah. the end. Yeah, it's gonna be the end. Life. Yep. Fine. Yeah. So it should have been because uh, I heard bad things, and it's the only one I haven't watched is Dark Phoenix. Well, we just watched it for BadMovieTwins.com. That's BadMovieTwins.com. We actually watched that as one of our four live uh, movies that we do every year. The second of of uh, the four that will eventually be watched. And so I had to go back and watch this entire series other than actually this one because I'd already seen it. And it was just so far before Dark Phoenix that I was like, hey, I probably won't inform too much of what I'm going to say about it. But well, what did you have? It in you only have really two movies, right? What's that? You only would have had then two movies. You had a recap on then Days of Future Past and uh, Apocalypse. Well, so the thing is, is Days of Future Past wouldn't didn't qualify. And I don't think neither did Apocalypse. I think it just got above the 40%. It wasn't super well regarded, and actually, that was my least favorite. I didn't like that one more than Dark Phoenix. I thought Dark Phoenix was actually slightly better than Apocalypse. Um, Apocalypse. So yeah, yeah, depending on what you thought of Apocalypse, that might inform didn't whether like you, it. it'd be worth. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not my countdown tonight, so I'm happy to uh, talk about it. This, uh, the one we watched. I might as well say it at this point. Yeah, we should. We have to <laughs> at this point. <laughs> X Men First Class is the movie right. we will be recapping tonight. And yeah. chatting about, uh, I would put it at four. I think on my on my list here. I think if provided you rule out Deadpool, some people count Deadpool as X Men movies. Uh, Why is that, Ben? As a very non-educated X Men person, uh, he's more fringy. He kind of exists in the X Men universe, but I mean, so does all of your Marvel comic heroes, just not in the you know films and everything. But he truly exists alongside X-Men, you know, currently right now. The X-Men kind of don't ever really show up uh, in the Marvel Comic Universe movies, but Deadpool does, and he shows up at the uh, Professor Xavier's mansion and recruits 
a few of the X-Men kind of to help them here and there. And they, they want them to be a formal, you know, X-Men and, and fight for good. Oh yeah. You know, I saw Deadpool and I wonder, I didn't know what the hell was going on in that scene. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually kind of funny because they, they're real tongue in cheek, obviously. And they break the fourth wall all the time. And he, uh, he mentions that (laughs) this is all they could afford. They got, uh, Colossus and, uh, team mega death punch or whatever the hell her name (laughs) <laughs> whatever the hell her name is. Uh, I'll like, take those are all they could afford. I'll take this time now for the listeners to hear that this is my first ever X-Men movie I've ever seen. It's pretty incredible, too. I think I've seen all of them now. Yeah, and in talking with uh, in talking with Zach prior to the podcast, it was really funny, so I told him to, <laughs> to save it for the podcast. But he's like, uh, he's like, I didn't realize that Kevin Bacon was Magneto. And that's what they were doing. I'm like, he's not. No, he's Sebastian Shaw, and Magneto takes the helmet and has it at the end. He's like, oh. And I'm like, so yeah, Michael Fassbender is Magneto. He's like, oh, I didn't get that. And he's like, at the very end, he's like, I am Magneto. And I didn't realize Magneto was a bad guy. So... Well, yeah. this movie this movie would make it a little confusing. Uh, to to he, be fair, yeah, and in the comics too, he, he he definitely toes the line a lot more so than some of your supervillains. He right, yeah. and that's kind of what makes him one of the yeah. more interesting characters. Is I was and I was going to say exactly that, and we'll get into it more as we're recapping and stuff like that. But I think it makes it a really interesting dynamic between him and Charles Xavier uh, regarding like just the morality and kind of this. I don't know. It's like, uh, yes, he's obviously a horrible person who's like killing people, but they are a little bit two sides of the same coin. Like, and they, in the, in this movie in particular, they make Charles Xavier seem like such a dick. Oh man, he's such a dick that, uh, you do sympathize with where, um, Magneto's coming from. Maybe that's why they used a coin in this movie. OMG. OMG. <laughs> that's that, was the, be, that was the other that, one though. He's uh, Zach's like, I know there's like a bald guy that, that shows up in the series too. I'm like, yeah, that's Jesus. James McAvoy's character. <laughs> right. Dude, I don't know anything about him. He keeps on cracking jokes about how he's gonna lose his hair and shit. Yeah. So. That happened at least yeah. twice. I didn't get yeah. that until our discussion earlier, Ben. I really You're even just really, man. not an X-Men expert. <laughs> You're not an expert. Huh. <laughs> Yep. All right. Well, let's crack on into this. I was actually going to say, normally, this is where Kyle would be like, this discussion is terrible. And this and is usually end. then where Zach would say, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> and we would then come up with something else to talk about. Uh, so where do you rank the, the new, uh, having just watched uh, First Class, where do you rank the um, four? Yeah, there'd be four now of the... Uh, yep. I don't oh, know Days of Future it. Past, this one, um, oh boy, Dark Phoenix, and then Apocalypse probably yeah. would be my last in the end. Gotcha, yeah. Dive, 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 dive. What began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. All right, um, we are diving deep onto this, but 
Uh, is there anything we want to say before we start the, the recap? Anything about casting and and this wasn't nominated for any Oscars, right? It didn't even get it didn't get any sound. Oh, or I don't think production so. I, I don't think so. I didn't see anything about awards. The casting though it, was awesome. Screen Actors Guild Award nominees. Uh, yeah, I was going to say there's like probably probably some smaller cast. ones. I don't think it got Oscar nominations though. Um, it was originally supposed to be part of, um, and this kind of, kind of trivia and whatever, but kind of introduces a little bit of where we're coming from is, uh, it was originally supposed to actually be like a, uh, an X-Men origins. I don't know if you remember that X-Men Wolverine, like X-Men origins. Yeah. And it was terrible. And, uh, my, my before, worst. yeah, before dark Phoenix, it was the only one that had ever qualified for bad BMT. Um, and then dark Phoenix came out. And actually eclipsed it as having it had worse reviews somehow than X Men Origins, but they had all these origins planned, which included Storm and then Magneto, and this was started as kind of the Magneto X Men Origins. So I, I do have something I need to bring up here. So like I just said, I'm not an X Man expert. You know, this is the only movie I've ever seen. I don't even know the characters that well, like who's good, who's bad, or who's doing anything. But when I was looking up all these X-Men movies and I found out like, holy crap, there seems to have been an X-Men movie like one every two or three years over the last 20 years, which I had no idea about. They sound kind of clunky because there was one movie that like went back and made an entire movie not happen anymore. No, not just one movie. It made, made a a whole bunch of movies. This is the stuff that I found days of future past. I guess future past made, (laughs) made uh, all of the original series not happen technically well, so when you say the original series like we're talking like early 2000 the original films? three yeah there was one yeah, in X-Men, 2000 X-Men, which X-Men, kicked yeah. it off uh i thought i thought that trilogy i like that trilogy better than where we're at with the series now uh but yeah they kicked off in 2000 obviously a lot of overlap in characters uh in days of future past which is really cool how they kind of weave in uh, both storylines, you have like young Magneto and old Magneto. You have young uh, Charles Xavier and old Charles Xavier. So you've got um, James McAvoy and uh, Patrick Stewart. And you got uh, Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender. So it was really cool that they went back and were able to to, to do all of that. Um, so it's not like they were erasing it like we were talking about before the podcast with Terminator. Okay. Where they're just like suddenly saying things are no longer canon. Uh, it's not a reboot or anything like that either. Uh, it actually merges the two universes and 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 kind of rewrites how uh, the history goes because um, Charles actually dies in the third movie, uh, Charles Xavier. Right. Uh, so they rescue Ball. him as one of their main uh, sort of uh, checkpoints and kind of rewriting history. Okay. okay. Yeah. But now, um, but yeah, Hugh Jackman has always played Wolverine, right? Yep. Are you saying Hugh Jackman or Huge Ackman? Huge Jackman. <laughs> oh, Huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. Huge Jackman. I say okay. But no, like I mean uh, when I, when he showed up in yes, this he's, movie, he's always he is always playing Wolverine. I that <laughs> never not was like the Wolverine. biggest curveball for me cuz I'm like why does he look like the same age? That doesn't make any sense to me. But But he's Wolverine. Which he, uh, apparently doesn't age. Yeah, he fought, he doesn't age. Uh, if you know watch that. Origins, God, he this, fought this in podcast the Civil is hilarious. War. I think <laughs> <laughs> he fought in the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, and the Vietnam War. I this believe. is right. Sitting down trying to explain X Men to somebody that doesn't know anything about it is like <laughs> trying to explain. Jesus. It's like trying to explain Dragon Ball Z to somebody that's never even watched right. the show. It's crazy. Yeah. 
You're like, uh, Goku, come on. Right. That's yeah. his name, right? Is that his name? Goku, yep. So now I can talk about that. Going, we can make like a six-episode series on this one movie just <laughs> jump, jumping around, much like the movies movies do. Yeah. All right. Um, X-Men First Class. Shall we get into it? Yep. Yes. Ton of great All actors. Right. I think that's kind of where you were going with that. James McAvoy, yes, Michael yeah. Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, the the dynamic young actress who's been blowing up, uh, plays Mystique. Uh, yeah. And Oliver Raven. Platt in there, That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oliver Platt's kind of a small, small role in the end because he gets uh, totally bo- owned by yeah. some of the mutants. He does uh, get killed. Rose Byrne. Uh, she's in there. January Kevin, Jones. Kevin is Bacon in there. plays Kevin Bacon. Our, our main villain. Love uh, January Kevin. Jones is a terrible actress. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin Bacon's a listener, so love you, Kevin. Love you, Kev. Love you, Kev. Um, Zoe Kravitz, Nicholas Holt. Yeah, I didn't even recognize Zoe Kravitz. Yeah, um, she she actually she looked great. I gotta say, but um, yeah, a whole bunch of young actors who have actually gone on and continued to do um, stuff, like a bunch of the young mutants and stuff. So really, really strong top to bottom cast in the end. Yep. Absolutely. And so we open, and it opens dark. And I actually really like this. It was kind of a juxtaposition between how Eric uh, Lesher, right, Lesher, yeah, Lesher. Ma- AKA Magneto, how he kind of grew up as compared to um, Charles Xavier um, grew up. And mm-hmm. it's kind of just juxtapositioning, <laughs> crazy enough, the Holocaust, which is where uh, Eric is. And he he's being brought into a camp in Poland. And we see the first glimpse of his powers. His mom is taken away from him. The anger of that kind of uh, produces this great power from his uh, mutant mutation that he's able to bend the gates before they knock him out and up in a window the evil scientist uh at the time named klaus schmidt but we'll know him as shaw in this movie uh he sees him and goes "Ooh!" and then we kind of jump back and forth between charles xavier living in a gigantic mansion where his dad basically doesn't show up at all and then his mom is there in the kitchen. And he's like, what are you doing in the kitchen? And the mom's like, I'll make you some hot chucky. And he's like, uh, you're not my mom because my mom doesn't love me. And it turns out that it's actually Mystique, a.k.a. Raven at that point. She's a little girl and she has, is obviously has this mutation that's very kind of shocking to look at. And so she doesn't really have anyone and is in hiding and stuff like that. And Charles Xavier's like, you live with me now. You now are my sister. Uh, and says... Happy to know. I know I couldn't be the only one, as if right. to suggest that he has powers as well. Right, and so he is. They are. They are all mutants, and kind of the implication, as we'll see, is that uh, it's actually the radiation from like nuclear bombs and stuff like that, testing and and World War Two that has um, that has gotten that started these muta- mutated processes. Although technically, it's also implied that there are just naturally sometimes people with mutations as well. Uh, throughout time it's just been it's ramped up because of the nuclear power that's being used and so we see some more of eric kind of realizing his power in a kind of a really sad shocking scene where um shah kind of uh tries to exploit his anger by killing his mom in front of him to get him to use his power and this succeeds and it's actually like fairly upsetting um in the end you're like that's really sad and this is where I feel like they're really trying to it's, – it's interesting how they paint it. They show this kid, Charles Xavier, living in New York in, the, in this cushy man- mansion being like, look at us. We're just like a couple of mutants living here. This is great. And then you see Eric, who is life is a living hell because this Nazi um, scientist is like, 
your mutation is how we're going to dominate the world. And it really starts to be like, yeah, no, I kind of see Magneto's point here because yep. his life Absolutely. really sucks. So anyways, we flash forward to 1962. Eric is trying to track down a Nazis. It was interesting that it was such a long period afterwards. Like there was a little bit of a question here of what exactly or what, what the process here was for Eric to go from that camp all the way to 1962 where he's searching for um, Shaw. Uh, but that's kind of brushed over. In the original draft of this, I guess it, it ranged. It started in World War II and went until 1955 or something. So it's a much shorter time frame. This larger time frame makes it a little bit odd, but, uh, he, anyway, he's in Argentina trying to track down Shaw. He finds two of his compatriots. They have a pretty cool scene where he kind of confronts them. It's almost, it, it's very Tarantino-esque a little bit. Um, almost like inglorious bastards, uh, where they're like joking and laughing. And then all of a sudden it becomes clear why Eric's there and he kills them in very Magneto way. Mm -hmm. uh, by using his magnetic powers. This elicited a reaction from Zach that, wow, Michael Fassbender is pretty badass in this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, they, ju they jump right back to big old brain Charles Xavier. He's like in the process of writing his thesis. He's going to become a professor, a.k.a. doctor of genetics. And he's just like using his mutation and his mind reading abilities to like hit on ladies and stuff. And you're like, ooh, kind of a dick. You kind of suck, man. And here you have this one guy who's like hunting down Nazis and another one who seems like he's like a drunk asshole a little bit right now. So it's just, it's very, it's very interesting. And actually it continues through the series of people kind of being to Charles, like stop being a dick, man. Try not to be such a dick. Uh, so anyways, Raven, Raven, his quote unquote uh, sister uh, played by Jennifer Lawrence is clearly in love with him, um, but he's not really seeing that. Uh, he doesn't really see it that way. He also is pretty, pretty adamant that uh, her mutation needs to be like hidden and stuff, which becomes like a big plot point yep. for Raven and Magneto as well. Uh, so anyways, we also get a jump over to the third storyline and kind of the main, the start of the main storyline of what the, the movie is actually about, which is Maura McTaggart, a CIA agent, follows a U.S. general to the Hellfire Club in Las Vegas and kind of jumps into the middle of this, like goes undercover like immediately without any backup or anything. Jumps Did into you this. Uh, put your glasses on when she stripped down? Uh, I mean, she's a beautiful lady, so I didn't, I mean, yes, obviously I was wearing my glasses to make sure I saw oh, everything okay. very clearly on the video screen. January Jones was also there and was she in a, she was also in some, in her skivvies, right? Yes, she was, yeah. Can't get no, over some, that name. Some lingerie. What, January Jones? January Jones, yeah. Um, and just to jump out a little bit, uh, she is, I mean, and no offense, also a listener, January, love you, but you are not a great actress at this point. You uh, have some growing to do. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I said that when we were running through the, the names there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> not great. We, we, just, uh, we just had uh, Denise Richards in uh, The World She's Is Not better, Enough. I would say <laughs> still better than Denise Richards. Yeah. Sorry, it, Denise, It's, it's close, listener. though. They're in, the, they're in the same tier, I would say. Right, yeah. And so she actually witnesses the mutants. She sees a bunch of mutants. You see Azazel, who is pretty cool. The dad of, uh, what's his name? Nightcrawler. Yes. Uh, who the can kind of do the same thing. basically. Yeah, he can kind of do the same power of kind of jumping through space and, uh, and kind of appearing and disappearing. It has this like sharp tail and super sword action. Then a guy I didn't care for, he was like the one with the whirlwinds. He almost was like whirlwind from, uh, from 
Iron Man animated series. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this dude. I don't like him. You're reminding me of Iron Man animated series. And I don't like anyone reminding kind of reminded me, me of Storm Iron Man. a little bit too. Kind of the ah, sure. antithesis. January Jones also had a weird power. She She's a telepath, but she also can turn into crystal. Yep. Or, or I guess her name is Frost, so maybe ice. It's crystal. I guess diamond. And uh, and she looked like real lame. I don't yeah. Know. CGI yeah, was not, a little awkward great. with that. And um, she's actually a pretty big character in the comic books. They uh, Like you were saying, that whirlwind guy was kind of uh, a deep a deep grab to pull him out of the comics. But Emma Frost is kind of a big uh, villain and member of the, the Hellfire Club, but uh, never been a fan of her. Yeah. And then it turns out that Shaw actually also is a mutant. Um, we find that out a little bit later, but may as well mention it here. He can kind of absorb power or like energy and then release it. And it also keeps him young. It was a question like when they showed Kevin Bacon playing uh, the Nazi, I was like, Hold on a second. Like, is he going to be an old man makeup? I'd forgotten. Is he going to be an old man makeup the rest of this movie? And then he shows up and he looks like even younger and I, and has like an American accent. And I'm like, now I'm just totally confused. Is his son? I was also then, very confused. Then he, then they explain it, that he basically absorbs this energy. It keeps him young and he can also release it almost like a bomb. Uh, and, you know, it's part of his plan to rule the world. So anyways... She witnesses, uh, more of tag, witnesses these mutants. She runs out of there. She calls up the CIA and is like, yo, bros, uh, figure out what's happening with this general because there were all kinds of like mutants out here. And he's like, you're, you're cray because that guy's right over here. And flash forward, there's the general being like, yo, put some missiles in Turkey. And yeah, Azazel like, uh, teleported what? him the... Uh the teleport yeah. mutant was able to teleport him to the war room. So he was and present convincing. in two, lo- yeah, two locations him. at once, basically. Right. And they're convincing him. Uh, he's convincing the U.S. to put missiles in Turkey, uh, which is going to kind of put things to the – it's going to be brinkmanship. It's going to start, you know, inching towards uh, World War Three. which, surprise, surprise, spoiler alert, is uh, Shah's end goal is to have World War Three. So anyways – Moira is like, we have to go and find someone to, to to prove this to the CIA so we can like act on it. So who do they find? Cheryl Xavier, uh, professor of genetics. He's getting shithoused, uh, which is because he, he's like real cool. While, while Eric's off killing Nazis, he's just like drinking beer all day and acting like a doofus. Uh, she comes over and is like, you got to help me. So uh, she... He is like, okay, fine. Goes to the CIA with her. Him and Raven are trying to convince them to like let them help them. And they're like, this is all crazy. You're all crazy people. This is why a woman can't be in the CIA. Like, get out of here. And they show them their powers. And that convinces them. And who's there to pick it all up? Oliver Platt, who's like, come with me. We're going to uh, use this. We're going to, we, I have a special operation. You're going to come to Division X and help me out and then they they find something about shah almost immediately right and decide to act at that moment they're like we can't wait we got to act on this intel and so before even going to division x they head off they find shah on a on his yacht where he's just killed the general and done all kinds of nefarious things and right as they're getting there though uh who shows up but magneto and he's ready to uh, take matters into his own hands. But unexpectedly, which is, this is a little weird. Again, this gap between when he was with Shaw and then hunting down Shaw, 
apparently he never realized that anyone else was mutants because he's like totally surprised that there that Shaw has mutants with him and surprised that Shaw himself is a mutant. So none of that was apparently. Yeah, this is pre Cerebro, which does actually get introduced in this movie as well, which allows right. for Pre- Professor Xavier to create sort of a network. Uh, of mutants where you can keep tabs on everyone and, and uh, find uh, where mutants are located. And that ends up coming into play in a little bit here with uh, recruiting some uh, team members. Yeah. So anyways, they're, they're, they're going to attack, but I think Whirlwind kind of does the first thing and kind of like tosses away all the CIA boats. But Magneto using his anger, he's in the water, using his anger, he like lifts up the um, anchor, spins it all around the yacht and uh, Shaw barely escapes. How does he escape? How's he escape, guys? Zach, you want to jump in here? Which part was this? <laughs> this is when they're on the yacht, and then they escape, and it has something to do with the podcast we're doing. <laughs> I'm thinking of the scene that's later in the movie. Did I miss it? Hey, guys, this they part jump was cracking on. my shit up. This is, this is Zach. Uh, this, is when the, uh, hey, this is when the submarine was deployed you, from the bottom of the yacht. You and I were, I think we were talking when the first submarine showed up. <laughs> so yeah, yes, I, I the, know you saw the scene. You had to have seen the rest of it because it's a huge plot point now because the submarine gets deployed. Is this when, is this when Michael's underwater trying yes. to stop it and then he's, yeah, then yes, X-Man yes. King <laughs> comes down there and grabs him, whispers yes, in his Ma- ear. Magneto, Michael Fassbender, a.k.a. Michael. A.k.a. Magneto, a.k.a. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> yeah. He, he uses his he uses his rage and magnetic powers to follow the submarine along, but he's gonna drown. He does like he's so blinded by his rage, he's gonna drown. So uh Charles Xavier dives into the water after him and convinces him, uses his mind powers to convince him to let go. And they actually re- rescue him and they tell him, like, we want you to be part of what's going on here. And Eric's pretty clear, like, I just wanna kill him, so be prepared for that. And they're like, no, you're going to join our team and we're going to do it together. And he's like, fine, okay. And that's when they finally head off to Division X. And as you said, they they kind of meet the scientist there who will come to know as Beast. Um, but he is just at that point a young scientist with uh, um, special monkey feet, basically. Yeah, he's I like, wonder what the hell that feet. was about. Well, that's because he's Beast and he's real smart. He's super smart. And... Um, and he actually, at the point, at that point, the Oliver Platt character didn't even know he was a mutant, but Charles Xavier kind of outed him uh, and like revealed that he was a mutant, even though he wasn't, because I guess Oliver never, they never went to the beach or anything like that. So yeah, never that's had, what I was thinking. Never, like never swimming. Was in, yeah. There's never any of those like, hey, get in the pool, man. And he's like, no, you know what? I'm fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, so anyways, they, then, yes, as you said, Hank's also... AKA Beast has also uh, built Cerebro, a, a, a kind of a, a preliminary Cerebro, and hooks um, Charles also into it. Also built the uh, SR seventy one, which is uh, yes. how the X Men get around in all the comic books and movies. Yeah, the plane, and he's also interested in uh, Raven as well because he's convinced that uh, Raven's shape shifting ability, whatever the gene, the gene is that allows her to do that, would allow them to also mask their mask their outward appearances without mitigating their powers. Um, and so he's like really interested in that. And at first Raven is as well. Like she also would love to kind of just look the way she um, looks and, you know, have Charles fall in love with her uh, or Hank. Cause they have kind of a love interest thing going on as well without having to always kind of 
pretend or have her mind on being someone else the whole time. So anyways, they use Cerebro, Cerebro and they start a recruiting thing. It's actually a, a montage, which was both, I thought, good and bad. I didn't totally love the montage. And part of it was I didn't actually totally love any of the characters, <laughs> any of the mutants yeah. that they were recruiting. It's like a real second tier lower bench guys. I mean, I think some of the people are are kind of big, but it's none of the ones that you kind of know. Yeah, it's I not think like it's because of the time of frame. Um, yeah. A lot of the X-Men exist in the contemporary era, 90s, 2000s, and today. Right. So they so were they teenagers in like back. the 70s yeah. and 80s or something like that. So the, here it was just a little too – it wouldn't have made any sense to have like a young Storm because then she – in the 90s, she would have been like – They actually showed know, a lot of those characters. 60, I can't think right of who they all are offhand, but I think they showed Storm in Cerebro as, a, as yeah, she was in there showed, as a young girl. They showed Cyclops, which is weird yep. because what they showed in Cerebro didn't match Cyclops in the uh, – Days uh, of Future Past. In the Days of Future Past, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he he obviously they get his, his powers brother, though. I think Havoc's his brother. Yes, yes. Well, no, because like the thing is, they, what they show of Cyclops is him as like a baby wearing sunglasses already. Even <laughs> though in the next movie he doesn't, he develops, or in the third movie or whatever, he develops his powers later. Yeah. So, anyways, that's kind of besides the point. I, I enjoyed uh, yeah, the montage. Just uh, yeah, and a perfect, perfect as you put it. You know, you're just dealing with second tier uh, X Men. Yeah, which was, was, was is there anyone boring. you would have liked to see though? Knowing X Men, actually, Zach, this is a better question for you. Any X Men that you would have liked to see? In this <laughs> any X Men I would have liked to have seen? Yeah, any particular X Men? Yeah, who, who's X-Men your you favorite X Men? Uh, it's gotta be the the big green guy. Is there big green? No, it shit. That's Hulk. Never mind. The Hulk, um, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone's um, favorite X Men. No, 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 no. I remember back in the nineties. I was playing a Super Nintendo game, probably called X-Men something, something, something on the Super Nintendo. And right, the um, one where they kind of fly around as like X-Men. Yeah, yeah. but I remember yeah. my favorite character in that game was some dude who like wore blue and yellow and he had like laser beams coming out of his eyes. Oh, that's yeah, Cyclops. Cyclops. Yeah. He was yeah, so cool. He would have, he would have like baby Cyclops. Yeah. Well, the problem the problem ends up being that Cyclops in most of the movies is like super lame. Yeah. He's like the real lame-o. Uh, so you picked a lame character, Zach. Well, <laughs> sorry. I'll just go <laughs> X-Men myself. <laughs> X yourself, yeah. Uh, we do get to see one of the classics, though, in a great cameo, which really elevated the oh, montage yeah. for me. Uh, Zach was a little confused by it, but as an X-Men fan, this was really cool to see when it was in theaters when I saw this. They drop in on Wolverine, who would be, you know, in between <laughs> wars and whatnot. Uh, he's in a bar, and they approach him, and in perfect uh, Wolverine fashion, uh, they they uh, introduce themselves to to Logan, uh, saying, "I, you know, I'm Professor Xavier, and I'm Eric Lynchier." And he goes, "Go fuck yourselves," and they yeah. just say, "Oh, okay," and they walk out. <laughs> and he goes back to smoking yeah. and drinking. And that counts on his tally of how many times he's portrayed Wolverine. Do you know the only one that they don't count for that tally? Uh, they don't count a portrayal? Yeah, of Wolverine. So in, in one of the Deadpool movies, his only appearance is actually reused footage from Wolverine Origins. Oh, okay. And they don't count that because it was part of the joke, is that they didn't even, he didn't even act in it. They just used these reused scenes. Uh, from a different movie that actually Ryan Reynolds was also in 
Like he was in right. Wolverine Origins. Origins. So yeah. it was like a joke. It was, it was used as a joke, so they don't really count that as him portraying Wolverine because he didn't act in it. Sure. Anyways, so we'll continue on. Um, so they kind of get some in- intel that Shaw is probably going to meet with this general in the USSR. And um, you also see a brief scene of, of Shaw up in like the um, Arctic. And they, you know, they're just kind of chilling there for a little bit. Uh, and so they decide, okay, we're going to follow, we're going to follow him out there and him and Eric. So Shaw, or sorry, uh, Eric and Charles and Moira go out, uh, to this place in the USSR. It turns out though, that it's, it's kind of confused because actually January Jones's character is the one that's going there. Shaw is going elsewhere. So they kind of screwed up and they're like, oh, damn, we screwed it up. We got to leave. But no, no, no. Eric's not having any of that. He's gone too far to do this. And he runs out there, more or less kills a whole bunch of people. He doesn't actually kill them, but he basically does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and gets in there. And there's uh, Emma Frost kind of hanging out while she's like manipulating this uh, uh, USSR general, not in the way you think, actually mind manipulating him. Pretend, uh, well, making him think, physically manipulating him, but mind manipulating him. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we got You know what I'm talking about, Zach. Yeah, man. Right. Telepathy. And they bust in. They kind of trap her. She turns to diamonds, but Magneto uses his like strong Magneto muscles and totally like subdues her. Uh, and they are able to actually like capture her and get some intel on what the the overall plan is. And they do this kind of silly little video kind of showing it where they very explicitly show him being like, and my plan is missiles in Cuba. Yeah. And we're like, whoa. <laughs> Shows him on map moving the, the missile <laughs> yeah. like magnet to it. one location. I, Cuba. I loved how the map was just straight up all blue United States, all red yeah. Russia. And that was just right. it. <laughs> He's like, and so, I hope nobody has a spy camera in here because this would be really awkward if anyone has footage of me moving this missile <laughs> over to Cuba. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so um, they, at this point, does, does Shaw visit USSR first or does he go and uh, capture the mutants first or attack the place first? I actually can't uh, he, this. We get an introduction scene of each of the mutants that they were able right. to recruit yeah. uh, at the, uh, at the what is this, what would you say, FBI or CIA? I forget already. CIA? It's a CIA, yeah. Yeah. And so we, we learn that they've got a taxi driver turned uh, potential hero here in the form of Darwin who can adapt to survive is how he says it. So whatever environment he is in or elements he's experiencing his body adapts to it so he can grow like a thick layer of hide he can grow gills if he's in water that kind of stuff they get angel who is uh, played by zoe kravitz who was uh, formerly a stripper and now is going to put her talents on display she can fly she grows these like uh, dragonfly wings and, and she can spit fire too she can spit little yeah energy balls fireballs uh they get havoc who is a summer's brother so uh, brother of Cyclops, and he has energy. So uh, Scott can shoot out of his eyes, and Alex can shoot it like out of his chest. And he doesn't have like full control over it just yet, but uh, he's got that. Of course, we've got Mystique. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence takes the name Mystique. Uh, she's the shape changer. Uh, Beast. Uh, I don't think he's given himself a nickname yet. Uh, played by no, Nicholas. No one knows Hall. he's Beast yet. And then the last one is Banshee, who is this right. uh, 
uh, goofy looking ginger kid. <laughs> yeah, I was actually gonna say I actually like him as an actor. Like he's a really good actor, but I didn't love his character very much. Yeah, and his power was the silliest one of them all because he, he can, can kind of uh, fly around with his power, but he can it looks screech real dumb while he and he, like yeah. a really powerful screech that he's able to use to kind of levitate himself later on. And they also use it for sonar purposes later on as well. Right. But yes, so Sebastian anyways, yeah. Shaw breaks up the party. Yeah, so they they come in, they kill all the. I shouldn't say humans, all of the non-mutants in the entire place, including Oliver Platt, and enter the room. And they're like, we're not going to kill you. We're just giving you an offer here. You can join us or you can be against us, but you should have this opportunity to be like part of the part of the future of of mutants because we believe that we are the future. And so why, why would I kill like my brethren or whatever? And so who takes it up? Angel. She decides I actually do. I will. Um... I will go with you. And so she leaves. They, I mean, uh, Darwin decides, okay, I'm going to be, I got to be the hero here. He says, I'm also going to go and says, you know what? I, I adapt to survive and this is how I'm going to survive. And then, uh, he quickly is like now and Havoc tries to, uh, shoot everyone, but because his power is able to harness energy, he just like harnesses that energy real quick and kills Darwin, which was a, Big outcry at the time Shaw does for this. the movie. Yeah, Shaw, Shaw kills, takes yeah, Alex's energy, energy and kills Darwin and with it. Kills Darwin. It's kind of an outcry because first he's the only like uh, African American. Um, well, I guess not the only African American character, but uh, one of the few African American characters yeah. uh, in the movie, and he's almost immediately killed. And people like Darwin's power. It's very. It's a very powerful power. Um, and so they, it seems like people were just like angry that you have this character that actually yeah. is kind of cool and you almost immediately just like scrap it and say, oh, he died. Yeah. So he's gone. Didn't get to do anything interesting with it because there's so much I think you could have done with it as opposed to like Banshee, who's very narrow right. in the scope of what he's capable of. So, yeah. So anyways, they they disappear. They use um, Azazel to disappear. Uh, the guys get back, Eric and Charles, they get back and they're like, what happened? Um and they're like, well, they killed everyone. And he's like, well, this is over then. We're, we're finishing this. And Eric's like, no, there's no, we're, this isn't over. We're, we still got to go after him. And so everyone kind of teams up and they go, yeah, we're going to do it. And they head back to actually Charles's mansion to do a, a training montage, like a true training montage of uh, getting more and more powerful. So they're like harnessing their weapons and they're doing all kinds of stuff. Eric even like moves a giant satellite with his like Magneto stuff. So he's really like, he's realizing it's not just anger, but also like the border between anger and like good serenity. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. So you can just find that perfect, you know, balance or whatever. So he's kind of learning. Everyone's learning uh, about it. Beast is running real fast and all that kind of stuff. At the same time, Shaw is really getting stuff in motion because he goes over to a USSR general and is like, yo, put some missiles in Cuba. And he's like, uh, <laughs> come on, no. And Shaw's like, really? Check out my mutants. And he looks over at some mutants and he's like, all right. And so they decide, okay, they're going to put some uh, missiles in Cuba. I do want to jump in here before we get too far from the yeah. montages and training and everything. It's, it's kind of around this point that Michael Fassbender's character Magneto is really starting to say all of the things that Mystique is wanting to hear. So right. uh, Jennifer Lawrence yeah, so has gonna, always been, you know, confused about who she wants to be, how she wants to look. She's not accepted. And, and Magneto's saying, you're beautiful just the way you are kind of deal. You're beautiful. What's that song? Yeah, beautiful. There we go. There we go. So we needed. We needed to get that in there. 
Um, James Blunt. Yeah, because it's... <laughs> so yes, and, and at the same time that that's, that's kind of happening as well, um, Beast, aka Hank, he, he actually finds the cure uh, for their outward appearances. So he has he's also kind of battling that same thing that Raven's always been talking about. But now Raven's like, no, I don't want it. Like she had this, she's kind of finding out that she wants to be who she is and not be afraid. And that if people won't accept it, then then you have to kind of fight it. You can't just like hide. And but like Hank's not hearing that. He doesn't want to be like perceived as different. He wants to be normal. And so or at least appear normal. And so he tries this new serum on himself and he turns into like a full blown beast at that point. Like he, he actually unleashes the full potential of his uh, mutant gene. And so he's got all the classic blue fur and all that kind of stuff and looks basically like a, well, I shouldn't say a monster. He looks like a very good and honest hero, right? <laughs> yes. Is that what we want to say? Oh, it's sorry. Yes, a good and honest monster. Um, yeah. So anyways, they're all like snazzed up. Raven's like totally smooching on, uh, Eric, which is a little weird. Cause Eric's probably like what? 20 years older than her. I don't know. Something like that. Um, and especially like later it becomes like Ian McKellen. He's like an old man. Yeah. Right? Yep. Smooching up on like Rebe- Rebecca, Rege- Rebecca Romain. Romain. Yeah. yeah. Which she does become for a brief moment when she's trying to seduce the fast. Oh, that's right. That's a, that was a good one. So anyways, they, they realize with the Cuban Missile Crisis that obviously this is the whole, this has been Shaw's plan. Uh, they already knew it. So they are like, okay, where should we find him? Well, obviously he's going to be there because this is too big of a plan to let to go to waste. And if there's going to be missiles, he'll also want to like harness that power and stuff like that. So he's probably there. Let's go out there. So they get on their plane. Beast is there being a beast. They're flying all around, zipping around in their in their special plane or whatever. And... Shaw is on a submarine. Thank God. We don't get a huge amount of submarine, but enough enough to feel quite good about it. Uh, and he's zipping around a submarine. They're, they're basically setting it all up to be this the start of World War III. But in come the X-Men and kind of uh, screw it all up. Xavier Charles, he like um, convinces or, or telepathically forces a guy on one of the ships to destroy the cargo ship with missiles. Yeah, it's like a political officer who's all about starting World War III, but he ends up getting uh, mind-controlled by uh, Professor X to fire the missile that ends up sinking the ship that's about to cross the embargo line that's been hijacked by Azazel. Yeah, and so, and then they follow, to follow that up, Magneto using his newfound strength with his power pulls the submarine once they once they find it they use uh banshee to find the submarine they pull the submarine out of the water and i remember this being a very cool scene even the first time i saw it they pull the submarine out they're kind of pulling it along whirlwind comes out and like messes it all up and so both the plane and the submarine crash onto the beach uh and kind of starts the all-out brawl that ends the movie or the climax of the movie where uh, Charles was trying to figure out and control or get into um, Shaw's mind in order to stop the ultimate um, the ultimate goal of World War III. Because mm-hmm. at that point, Shaw is just trying to use the power of the reactor and the submarine to like do some explosions and cause World War III anyways. And yep. uh, But he's got the Magneto he helmet on. Yeah, he's got the Magneto helmet on, so he can't get into it. So he has to send Magneto in to try to figure that, that all out. And so he goes in there, and of course, they have this personal past a little bit from from when they were in that concentration camp, and and Shaw was like using him 
um, as a scientific experiment of sorts. And so he's like, you're going to come with me. You're going to be like part of, part of what we do. And he kind of momentarily tricks him, Eric tricks him into thinking everything's fine. And he uses his power to snatch the helmet off real quick. And once mm -hmm. he snatches the helmet off, yeah, there, he, he that, takes that like moment, a cable. So he's got the metal in yeah. the cable because he can't affect the helmet. But he uses a, a broken, like, torn wire with all the copper and everything in it, and he right. brings it over, like, a little spidery little hand and snatches the helmet off. So, Can you describe more of that hand, how spidery is it? Uh, it's, it's got little tendrils coming out that wrap Ooh. and, like, latch That's onto the helmet. Ooh. Yeah, say a little bit more. <laughs> and <laughs> I think, and, I think we <laughs> and so then Charles uh, zips into Shaw's mind and freezes everything. And unfortunately, it's at the same moment that that Shaw was also like demonstrating why he was captain of the submarine. So we have to we have this whole scene where he's frozen and it's just this captain dicks hanging out. You're like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like I can't believe this is he decided this moment to to show this off, like whatever. So the whole time you're kinda like trying to shield your eyes a little bit to like yeah. the bottom half of the screen. It was too bad. And uh but <laughs> I had the uh, I had the closed captioning on, so it covered uh, oh, it covered. Okay, it so it covered it up. Good. <laughs> yeah. But uh and so at this moment, obviously, Charles realizes that probably things are going to go a little awry because Eric's been telling him like over and over again that he's just going to kill this dude. And so he uses the coin, which I mean, it's a First it's of actually all, he like puts the Magneto helmet on. Yeah. So that yeah, he puts the Magneto like he can't con get control. He either. can't be controlled by P Professor X, and Professor X maintains control on Sebastian Shaw. And he uses the coin. And he and says, says, I'm going to kill I'm you gonna on, the count, coin, three, yeah, on, on the, the count, count of three. Yeah, move And very slowly moves this coin through the air. And even though it's going so slow, it's the force of the coin. He just pushes it straight through pretty, Shaw's head. Pretty wicked, you know? Yeah. For like I a mean, villain it's, death. It's, I mean, I think if you took it, it's like almost like a sandwich, like or a hamburger. We have two buns on either side. Do you know what the hamburger looks like, guys? Should, should I describe it a little bit more? So there's two buns on either side, <laughs> right? Oh. There's meat in the middle. There's some, there's well, like lettuce. Wait, 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 Jamie, sometimes. Jamie, Jamie. Yeah, yep. Can I get tomato on this? You can also, sometimes people do put tomatoes okay, on there. Okay. What else do you want? Do you want some ketchup? Is it weird to get pickles? No, no, put some pickles on there. Okay. Okay. Do you, uh, what kind of, do you want a sesame seed bun? Or oh you my God, no. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Not to insult you. Come on. But uh, anyways, you're kind of sandwiching yeah. this with like really kind of dark beginning and this where you're watching it. And I was just like, holy shit. Like to be, to have a comic book movie kind of end with that kind of startling ending of a guy pushing a coin through someone's forehead is and it's not almost, something you would It's almost justified, see. too. Yeah, it's you, hard you to feel argue. kind of like this guy's yeah. like a monster. And uh, to have that kind of bookend, a middle that's more or less pretty pretty typical of like a comic book is crazy. It's, it's really crazy and um, pretty amazing. I actually thought it was just really, it's really interesting and dark how they did some of these scenes. Um, I, 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 I love the cinematography that. on that shot too. It's, it's hard yeah. to describe it on a podcast, but they actually kept jumping back and forth from like a side view of Sebastian and Charles. Uh, so it kept cutting back and forth, but keeping the same momentum as the coin was moving in slow motion through the yeah. head, basically of both. Cause Charles was kind of in the head of Sebastian when this was happening. So they're both, right. uh, kind of. Uh, feeling the pain of it in some in some capacity, although it's only going to end up killing Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. So anyways, fearing the mutants, realizing that there's mutants and fearing them, both the U.S. and the USSR decide we better just destroy these people. And they send a whole bunch of missiles flying at them. But Magneto, 
being Magneto, he stops them, turns them around and starts sending them back. And Charles is like, you can't kill all those innocent people. You can't send them back that way. And so he's like fighting. Or he's actually like, it's like a Duke out, like just like punching fight, not like superpower fight and trying to stop him. And he keeps on, it's kind of faltering and some of the missiles are falling away. And it only stops in the end when Moira shoots a gun at him and one, he ricochets one of them and it shoots Charles and devastated because you really do get the sense that Eric respects and likes Charles. Just they disagree fundamentally about how mutants and human and, and non-mutants are going to interact in the world and what's safe for mutants to how to interact with uh, non-mutants. And so like he's devastated and he, that's, that drops all the missiles. And they kind of have this very long scene. And actually this is where I felt like the movie should have just ended maybe. <laughs> Because there's some real silly stuff that happens after this. You have a scene where basically they reveal, I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. Oh, <laughs> Charles how, Xavier. Just like over and over again. I, my my <laughs> hair is falling it. out. I can feel my hair falling out as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I was just like, Jesus Christ. And they do a whole bunch of stuff at the end like that. I mean, you, yeah. you get a scene where basically Raven slash Mystique joins with Eric and they and the bunch of the people who are going to leave and be part of his group. They jump away uh, with Azazel, and then everyone else is there, and Char- they're like cradling Charles. And we get an end. And so, first, we get this whole thing of being like, hey guys, he's now in a wheelchair. Am I right, guys? What, what? And everyone's like, cool. And then he's like, I'm going to start up a school. And whereas, like, you're no longer G Men, you're more like X Men. And everyone's like, yeah, cool. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I was like, that is the worst, and you should have cut that. It's almost like in the Fantastic Four movie, yeah. which no one saw. Uh, but in at the end of Fantastic Four, they're like, "What should we called?" And they're saying all this stuff, and one guy goes like, "We're pretty fantastic. We like the Fantastic Four. and that's how it ends the movie. He's <laughs> like, "No, dun, 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 don't do that." <laughs> so and he's like, "I'm going to start a school," and then he like kisses Mora and then races her memory. And this is the thing that doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense with the next movie. Cause the next movie, she doesn't even know who this person is. Like she doesn't know who professor, uh, uh, X is at all. And, uh, even though clearly the CIA would have been talking about, uh, talking about him for like a whole bunch, like obviously they still, everyone else still knows who he is. So I forgot that that would make zero sense that she would obviously know who yeah. he was. Yeah. But anyways, they erase his memory, her memory, and she kind of goes back and says, yeah, I don't remember anything anymore. And uh, Magneto kind of shows up uh, at the very end in his full suit, which actually looks pretty corny. I don't think it he even uses bad. that suit. See, I thought it looked so corny. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I don't think you they, they don't use too. that suit. They didn't use that suit for any of the other movies. Uh, really? I mean, they use a version of the suit, but not like... Yeah, they, went like straight, they went straight from the comics with that, and it just looks yeah. way better on paper, I think, than on film. And I, like, and I, I am Magneto, film. and he says it like straight to the camera, and I'm just like, gross, don't, why? Why'd you do that? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> just end the movie. Like, your movie was fine. Just stop it, for, for the love of God. As they kept on doing things, I was waiting and for I them to go back remember. to... I I haven't seen Days of Future Past in a while, but they don't really bring any of these other villains into the fold, I think, either. He's kind of like building a team, but they kind of abandon it. If oh, I, no, they they very briefly show that they were like the first group that was um, uh, t- tested on by Stryker. Oh, okay. So like they show Azazel and he's dead, which sucks because Azazel's great. Okay. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. And Angel, Angel's killed almost immediately. Like they have her as one of the ones that was experimented on. And so they get rid of pretty much everyone yeah. um, in the original team. But yeah, and that's it. I mean, we did go a little long on that. Uh, we could have gotten a little sonar thing, but it's, it is a jam-packed movie. 
and I just wanted to make sure we hit all the stuff. Yeah, I think we did pretty good there. Uh, so who wants to start on a little ratings? I'll go ahead and do it again, uh, introducing this film as part of my movie month here. I've watched this one a handful of times, Big X-Men Guy. I mentioned it's about probably my fourth uh, favorite in the series. My favorite would have to be X2, uh, followed probably by Logan, uh, X1. Is that, is that, and that's not your countdown? Your countdown's it's not my not countdown, no. Nope. Oh, wow. Yeah, I would agree with you. X2 is my favorite. That's the best. I think that's the best of all of them. Excellent. And uh, once again, another great portrayal of uh, Magneto and the tough decisions that he has to make. And he kind of joins the team, joins the X-Men for that movie. Uh, so they really explore gray areas again. So a lot of fun. I love Magneto. Um, and then followed that by Logan, uh, X1, and then I think probably this one or Days of Future Past are kind of neck and neck there. I think Days of Future Past is better than this one. After, yeah. after viewing it, although I will say portions of this may be the best of the entire thing. Like, I think parts of this are mm-hmm. the best they've done. Yep. There's some great moments in this one. Uh, as I just said, I love Magneto's character. And they really, you know, as opposed to the cookie cutter uh, action hero movies and superhero movies where it's good versus evil, uh, Magneto sort of exists as something in between. Um, where he, his family was murdered at the hands of Nazis right in front of him, and he wants to exact revenge. So it's hard to, to not, not appreciate what he's trying to do there. Uh, but as he often does, he has sort of the fatal and tragic error at the end where he achieves what he wants and then pushes it one step again too far and then becomes the villain that he was seeking out, um, to, to stop. Um, so really interesting, uh, character and story arc with him as well as, um, really cool just to kind of see the, the origin story for a lot of the characters, uh, in the X-Men universe. Uh, there were some cheesy and hokey moments. Uh, I thought like the characters kind of introducing their powers and everything kind of like the feel good moment was kind of clumsy and awkward as you alluded to jamie they they i mean even i get that you you, you can't go with anyone that has already kind of been in the the other movies because you're going back in time here so you got to bring in some other mutants uh but still it really felt like these were the b-tier mutants and um if you have the the power of cerebro working for you i feel like you could have found some uh, more potent mutants uh also was a little confused why magneto didn't try to turn on um, Sebastian Shaw, when Sebastian shot his mother in uh, the concentration camps. I don't think he can control. I think that the implication at the end with him using the coin to do the the killing at the end is kind of this idea that obviously he could have, if he knew how to use his power and control his power, he could have shot that coin or really any metal object straight through him like a bullet. But he had no control at all. Mm-hmm. So all he could do was crush everything around him. And that's it. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Because I thought the same thing. It's like, oh, send that coin. I thought for sure what would happen is that he would put the coin in his hand and then you'd see him smush it and be chocolate. That basically there was no way he could uh, move that would have been cool. the coin. A chocolate coin. That, all, that basically he didn't care about moving the coin. The point was he was going to shoot his mother and then he was going to move everything else. That would have um, been actually really cool. That. Man, you should be a writer, Jamie. I may, maybe I should. And actually, should, <laughs> do you, should we rewrite this movie? Should we just <laughs> reboot it? Re- rewrite it and reboot it? Just to get that chocolate Let's coin. Do it. Hey, I don't. I don't yeah, hate it. I cast myself as um, probably Cyclops because I'm real <laughs> lame. I don't know if anyone. I'm real lame, but also like classically handsome. Um, 
and stick in I the wear mud. sunglasses everywhere. So got to be a stick in the mud like he is in the original trilogy too. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, I, oh, I am. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, let's see it. So what was your score? Did you say a score? I did no, not I say it. Score. I'm going to ah. give this a fun movie, a fun franchise. I'm going to give this a 7.25. Ooh, wow. I'm going to come in right around there. I'm going to be coming in at a 7. I swear to God, I would have given it a 7.5 if it wasn't for that goddamn ending because it is <laughs> awful. And they should have just cut that thing, right? Right when he gets shot and the missiles fall and the humans are cheering and he's crying and they say, I got to go. And he says, go, Raven, go with Magneto. It should have just ended there. And then you pick it up in the next movie. But they just couldn't leave it like that. They had to put all this goddamn extra bullshit on there. I hated every moment that was all like the fan service stuff. Yeah. Every time I was like, don't touch my hair. And it's like, God, just don't, please. Like, just stop. <laughs> just for the love of God, stop. All of it's like, stop. <laughs> this is new and not supposed to be you know, lame. So just stop being lame. But, uh, I really loved the beginning. I love the beginning. I love the end. I thought the kind of playing with morality and good and bad was just really, really nicely done. Cause even when you have someone like Magneto, who's killing people and, and doing these kind of terrible things and openly says, I want to be an antagonist to non-mutants because they will never accept me. You still, you still find yourself sympathizing with them because you look at his life and the comp- comparatively Charles Xavier's cushy life. And you go, well, of course you would think this way. And it's not, I mean, sometimes I, you, in some ways I don't blame him because everything's yeah. gone. So he was singled for out so for like, being a, a Jew during world war two. And now right. he's going to be singled out for being a mutant and a, and a, a future Holocaust that he kind of foresees. Right. And so like, I think playing with that kind of uh, morality is, is what they've, what they've really have tried to play out with, the Marvel universe as well, but in, I think a little bit less, uh, interesting way, just from, you know, there it's obviously these powerful, rich, um, mutant, I mean, not mutants, but, you know, superpower people who, uh, superheroes who kind of have everything. I mean, they're basically, you see them being like the richest, most famous, powerful people. And then they, oh, they have to deal with the fact that we're also powerful and we kill people. Isn't this suck for everyone? And it's like, well, no, actually, I'm much more interested in Magneto over there who was in the Holocaust. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's definitely a more interesting story and way to like do this than, you know, a bunch of rich people sitting around or whatever. So like, uh, I think it's, I think it's an interesting way they did it. And I really enjoyed that. The middle portion of it, I mean, some of it seemed, they struggled, it seemed like they almost struggled a little bit with, of cutting down the narrative, um, to the lean two hours and like 11 minutes that this movie was um i'm sure there's a cut of it that's like three hours long or something like that because there were scenes that seemed to end abruptly and they did seem to kind of like shoot things along uh real fast in the middle try to get to the end in a very complex plot um but i thought that that book ending of it with the the uh magneto portion of it, it was just too good not to love and if it wasn't for the ending i'd be at seven and f- seven and a half i think i'm gonna end up at a seven all right Still a respectable yeah. score. Zach, what did you think of your first foray into X-Men? So, oh, how do I want to approach this? Um, <laughs> I'll try to keep it short, but when it comes to any superhero movie in the last 20 years, I'm very critical of those movies, and I typically really can't stand them. 
except maybe Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. However, The Dark Knight Rises, I think, was terrible. Um, for my first ever X-Men movie, it was... It was way better than I expected it to be, honestly. Uh, and I th- and I think that's because of the cast. I mean, I what was it? Jennifer Lawrence, Kevin Bacon, Fassbender. Um, uh, McAvoy. McAvoy. I love all those people. So had those have been like no names, like the other, like the side superheroes, I think I probably would have hated it, given it a four. Um, but I really liked kind of the... Uh, like you were saying, Jamie, um, I was it Magneto. Magneto's backstory was really cool. And yeah. they definitely, it wasn't just action, action in your face. There were really, there was truly like the, just the, the like that moral ground of like, what's, what's right, what's wrong, how far do you go? You know, like even at the end, right? Like they're shooting missiles at him. They're going to kill him. You know, damn right. Throw the missiles back at him, blow up those ships. But, you know, maybe McAvoy was right. Who am I? Uh, what else do I have to say about this movie? Um, I, okay. Did it need a sub? Yes. Because of the time frame we're talking about, it needed the sub action, you know, cold war drama, Cuban missile crisis. I liked that. And then, um, the fact that we actually saw someone use his mind to bring a submarine out of the water I don't think that's happened in any other movie, right? <laughs> I don't think it has. <laughs> uh, nope. Only an, X, only an X-Men. So Flying I, sub, check, check that off our list of tropes. <laughs> I thought that was pretty sweet. So I'm going to give it, you know, I'd actually, I, it gives me enough interest to watch maybe another one if I didn't hear your guys' descriptions yeah, of all I of them I would already. start over at, at one, X1. I, yeah, I, I might. Probably won't, but um, I think if you did one and then <laughs> X one and then X two, I think that might would be worthwhile. Okay. Like, they have a very, very different feel. Like this didn't really have any of like the hand hand combat and martial arts and things like that. And that's what is how the combat sort of plays out in one and two. This is about oh, like is two, it? two or three like just super overpowered mutants kind of uh, battling of wits and you know mind control and stuff. So okay. the first the first two movies are a much different feel. Okay. Okay. But in the end, I'll just give it a, um, oh, I guess my gut's a seven. I'll do a seven. Wow. All around pretty good. What do you think about the sub action in this, guys? Just to, just briefly. Solid, um, solid action. I liked Didn't it. More I mean, sub, less sub? it could have always could use have, more uh, sub. Yeah, I wouldn't have blamed Kyle for putting this in. Does it even really need a sub movie month? Um, they they could have gave him a different vessel, whether it's a boat or some you know, up plane stealth or fighter. something. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, in Fate of the Furious, that's what it was, right? Like it was kind of a stealth stealth plane instead of the submarine. Yeah, could have imagined Fate of the Furious it being that. In fact, is not Fate of the Furious exactly the same movie as this? Two on that. There's some there with uh, Vin Diesel kind of filling in that gray area character. Yeah, and especially at the end when Vin Diesel uses his magnetic powers to pull that submarine yeah, through the ice. That's right. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <gasps> so, so definitely could use a little bit more <laughs> sub action and and moving about the sub a little bit and seeing what uh, what it looked like. There's a there's a little bit of that. There was some cool I secret liked, hatches yeah, and stuff. I would have liked them to shoot a torpedo at least. Yeah, that's true. Just yeah. one torpedo. It actually would have been funny if when he lifted the submarine out of the water, they tried to shoot a torpedo, and then just kind of fell out of the submarine. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? Um, well, all right, I'm going to get some trivia. So as you mentioned, you say, oh, it seemed like there was X-Men movies every two years or so. It's true. And guess what else was every two years? Fast and the Furious movies. <laughs> yeah. That's because they've had a startling number of Fast and the Furious movies released the same year as X-Men movies. Let's go through them. X2 was released the same year as Too Fast, Too Furious. X-Men The Last Stand was released the same year as The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. X-Men Origins Wolverine was released the same year as Fast and Furious. X-Men First Class was released the same year as Fast Five. Uh, the Wolverine was released the same year as Fast and Furious 6. Uh, and then Furious 7 was supposed to be released in 2014, but was pushed after Paul Walker's death to 2015, making it the first one that deviated. Because huh. X-Men Days of Future Past was released in 2014. I think then, since, since then, it's been a little off, necessarily, on what years certain things are coming out. So, so you're saying blame they, Paul Walker. Ooh. That's what you said. That's your word. <laughs> I don't blame Paul Walker. topic. Controversial <laughs> take by Jamie. Um, so as of 2011, this is the highest grossing film ever made about the Cuban Missile Crisis. How about that? <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. I mean, and then right. the filmmakers hired an X-Men specialist to help the cast <laughs> understand their characters. Specialist? Wait, 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 wait. Do you have any more information it, on that? I want to no, see what this I know guy is Zach, looks like. Zach, you're, you're only a few movies away from, <laughs> from putting that on your resume. <laughs> I want right, to see so. what an X-Men specialist looks <laughs> like. Too. Oh, God. Yeah. So there's a couple of things we kind of mentioned a little bit. One was that this was supposed to be a Magneto origin stories and it was supposed to actually be much more focused and go back and forth between present day and the past and kind of do that time around World War II and then do some, you know, more uh, concurrent or uh, current uh, time periods as well. But that ended up being scrapped in favor of kind of going to this more like teen X-Men version of it and starting up the young X-Men uh, series. Additionally, we had mentioned that the person in the, on the Soviet ship that ends up firing the missile is the uh, Zempolit, the pol political officer, uh, which I just wanted to mention in particular for what we see in these submarine movies, because the political officer is always like shit on. Everyone fucking hates him. Yep. And he sucks. Uh, and you Kinda can see how much glee... One. Right, you can see the glee on the captain's face when he gets to send the political officer to the brig uh, for disobeying direct orders and shooting the uh, cargo ship. Um, now we're going to get into some kind of like different casting stuff. Brian Singer, uh, he directed X-Men and X2. He was supposed to direct this, but had to decline uh, due to a commitment to Jack the Giant Slayer. And he was replaced with Matthew Vaughn. Uh, and he, but he stayed on as a producer, Singer. Um, additionally, there was some romance on the set. So Jennifer Lawrence and Nicholas Holt, they began dating when they were uh, shooting this film. As did Michael Fassbender and Zoe Kravitz, which I didn't even know. Really? I didn't know either of those couples were together at any point. But huh. yeah. Lucas Till was originally cast as Beast, but decided against it when it would turn out that he'd have lengthy uh, makeup uh, sessions to be turned into the Beast for that portion of the filming. Oh, but he, so could have he, been, he could have been shagging Jennifer Lawrence, though. It's true, but he was cast as Havoc instead. All right, and here's the casting what-ifs, um, and I'm going to just ask you whether these people would have been good, because this is the first movie in a long time where we actually have enough casting speculation that we can actually just say, like, would you like to see this person in this? So Joss Hutcherson was spo was supposed to appear as Cyclops, actually, but, but they oh, didn't okay. do that. Yeah, he could do it. What do you think of I'm him? I'm sorry, who? Yeah, I think it actually would have... Who was oh, this? He was, he was, he was with Jennifer Games Lawrence guy. in Hunger Games. Yeah, he was like the love interest oh, in Hunger Games. Oh, I guess. He was he the one everyone was like, no, your favorite character, Zach. He, he could have been your favorite X-Men. Right. Oh, 
Uh, now this is one you guys won't we won't know, but Broadway actor Benjamin Walker was uh, actually cast as Beast, but dropped out to star on Broadway instead. And I only mentioned him because he was actually a star of uh, one of the um, uh, one of the BMT films that we we did, and he has like this weird puffy face, and it's real weird. So I just wanted to mention that. I, I What's find, his name? I f- his name is Benjamin Walker. Hmm. I find it weird yeah. that. If somebody had, especially if you're not like a huge name, if you had lined up a main character, well, a main superhero character in a superhero movie, you would give it up because I feel like that's like the thing that somebody wants, you know? Yeah, I guess maybe not this guy. I mean, he got to, he was starring as Andrew Jackson Jackson in Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson. So because it was like the main role of Broadway, I think he won a Tony for it and stuff. Oh, okay. So yeah. like, I think that was probably it. Yeah. Um, I guess the other thing he was, he was Abraham Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. That might be what you would know him ah. best for. But okay, well, Amber Heard was rumored to play Mystique before Jennifer Lawrence was cast. So mm-hmm. what about Amber Heard? Do you guys know who Amber yeah, Heard? I know yes. her. Yeah, Johnny Depp. Yeah, linked to Johnny Depp. Possibly beat up Johnny Depp, or vice versa. No one will ever know. Or vice versa. Now, is this? It was this casting of Jennifer Lawrence. Like, was this her big break, or was there something before this for her? Okay. Yeah. No. She she was nominated for an Oscar for uh, uh, what's it called? The one uh, Winter's Bone. Silver. Oh wait, what was it? Winter's Winter's Bone. Bone. Okay. So I I never saw that. That was like her breakout thing. She was also on like a TV show before that. She was on like the Bob Engel show or something. But that was basically the big break was Winter's Bone. And then from there, she just had like hit after hit kind of. Uh, What about Taylor Lautner? And he was considered for Beast, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. I'm sure he wrote that on that. Like, oh, no, I had to drop out scheduling conflicts. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay, Taylor Lautner. I'm sure you had to drop out. He could have done it, but it would have been less, less bookish. That is. Uh, what about Rosamund Pike? She was considered to play oh, Moira yeah. McTaggart. Oh, I was, thought you're, I was thinking of her for uh, Emma Frost. And later she was considered for Emma, Emma Frost. Yeah. I think she would have been good. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Way yeah, better. For Emma Frost. Uh, and then what about Brian Cranston? <laughs> he who? was supposed to be Sebastian Shaw, but turned it down to be in Drive. That would have been awesome. Oh, the another person considered for Shaw was Colin Firth. That also would have been pretty good. And then last but not least, what were you going to say, Harris? Zach? What were we going to say? I, yeah. No, I, was, I mean, I, I definitely love Brian, a good Brian Cranston, but I really, you said Shaw, right? That's Magneto? The, no, no, no. No, the bad that's guy. Kevin Bacon. Yeah, oh, guy. shit. Yeah, you're a big you're a big fan of Kev, though. I like so. Kev. I love me some. <laughs> that you know, that some... helmet's really throwing Zach for a loop. Yeah. <laughs> and, we're not, and we're not talking about that piece of shit dog, right? We're talking about Kevin Bacon. <laughs> oh, I just keep that, going. That was, the name of the, that was the name of the dog, right, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin. Kevin, Kevin, yes. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, and he loves bacon. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. What a piece of shit. <laughs> All right. And then what about Ed Harris? So he was originally attached to play JFK, actually. He was going to be John F. Kennedy. Um, but he left after creative differences on how he interpreted the JFK character. Like he had a very <laughs> strong like idea of what this character was going to be. And and so they basically said, just, just be JFK. And he was like, no. He insisted that he would give his, shirts, uh, his uh, speech shirtless. Right, and also he he inserted a new catchphrase. Do you guys know what that catchphrase was? Um, yo yo ma, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. No, it's uh, let's let's punish these dweebs. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's what he said. He said the USSR. Said the USSR. Let's punish these dweebs. Let's punish these dweebs. Who they end up getting to play JFK? Um, they got JFK to play JFK. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was a good get. Uh, 
It was a good get. Actually, did you, it, one of the trivia said that they actually had, they changed one of the lines from his famous speech. <laughs> I don't even know why, but they had, like made a minor change to like some of the wording of his speech. To make it involve mutants or something? I don't know. It seems weird. Yeah. <laughs> why would you do that? But anyway, so Phantom Zone, this is an easy one. Engage the Phantom. And so it, we already, I've kind of used this before going through Jason Fleming, who played Azazel. And we used him to go to Below, starring Johnny Depp, because he's in that one as well. Um, but it also has Glenn Marshauer. I'm not sure why I didn't use that last time, because Glenn, I've used a whole bunch of times. He's Landry's dad, and he played the general in this one. He's in like a bunch of movies with um, submarines, so it's pretty easy to get uh, to, get to mm-hmm. um, back uh, to Phantom from there. Uh, another thing that I found weird while I was doing this I didn't even realize until I was doing it, but like McAvoy was in Submergence, right? Yes. And his co-star was Alicia Vikander, yeah. who is married to... Michael Fassbender. Woo. Weird, right? I think That's you mentioned weird, that. Right? I think you did mention that on the Submergence episode. Yeah. It's just very strange. I guess I forgot. I forget all these things. Anyways. He likes him young, unless he's way younger than he looks. Michael? No, I think he's older than he looks. Yeah, you're talking about Mike? He- yeah, Michael. <laughs> He wouldn't. His first movie on his filmography page was what three hundred, right? Fastbender. Well, I swear in, like, I looked him up on Wikipedia today. I thought his first movie ever was three hundred. <laughs> huh? Which seemed to odd to me because that. that was in two thousand and something, right? Yeah, I'm on it. Okay, let us know what he you is. Find. For, he is forty two. He's forty two. Yeah. All right, so it actually does seem a little younger than I thought. Yeah, maybe it's younger than I would have guessed. Yeah. All right. Who's going to go first? What are we doing? Aren't we doing your countdown? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if uh, you were doing filling in for any news or uh, sub Oh, I didn't do any of that kind of okay. shit. No, I was just double checking. Countdown time. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. I just want to clue everybody in this week. It's going to go nice and swift here, especially since Zach probably won't be able to contribute much to this one. Can I cut in? I, go ahead and cut in. <laughs> Michael, I got I got a hot Michael Fassbender update. Okay. Let's 2006, 300, his first film. Wow. Who do you play in that? Stelios. Stelios? Stelios. 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 Huh. My favorite character. Weird. Don't remember him in that. Thank you, though, Zach. You're welcome. Now, that was another Michael Fassbender hot update with Zach. Does that have a theme song? We'll see. All right. (laughs) Let's keep that going, though. I I look forward to hearing more next week. My countdown this week, however, giving you my top five X-Men. Just going to. Wow, top five of all the X-Men ever. Of all the X-Men ever. These are my Can five guess, favorite. I'm going to guess your number one. So w- just give a you, little pause when you do your number one. It is, it is, he's, he's pretty popular, but I don't think you'll get it. Uh, number five. Got to have a little bit of diversity on here. But, you know, I think I think she makes the cut regardless is uh, Psylocke. Oh, so that, I gotta, was, that was played by... Look up these um, 
Olivia Munn, if you yeah, want to talk about the say. movies. I've been a yeah, fan yeah. of her for longer. Uh, back to when I had my Sega Genesis, I enjoyed playing her character on X-Men Cyber Wars, I think is what it was called. She has the unique ability to construct weapons out of her kinetic energy that she creates. So she creates usually like a sword or blade or something like that. Also has the power of uh, telepathy and telekinesis. Uh, yeah. Real name is Elizabeth Braddock, but number five is Psylocke. Okay, I looked yeah, up a I picture actually, of her. All right, I got I it. Liked, I liked Olivia Munn, actually, as Psylocke in the um, in the other movies. I, I thought she was actually she, better, than, better than I would have expected. She looked sure. great. Yeah. <laughs> looked fantastic. Number four, did you say something, Zach? I said I had to look. I had to look her up to see oh, okay. what she looked like, and this definitely looks like a, a a female character created probably by a man at some point. <laughs> I think that's going to be most of your comic book characters. <laughs> uh, number four is Colossus. Oh, oh now yes. Colossus in the comic books. Uh, you may mention this, but Colossus in the comic books was Charles's brother, right, or something. I don't think so. No, he's a Russian. Uh, real name is Peter Rasputin. Um, yeah. But there's so many different comic universes, even within X-Men, different uh, different runs uh, and series. So he's, he's different in every one. So, I mean, he could be related uh, to some of the X-Men. Um I think he's. I think he's even a, a gay a LGBT character in uh, one or two of the uh, X Men series. But his power is to uh, transform his body into um, steel. I don't think it's like adamantium or anything. I think it's like. I think it's like steel. Uh, and gives him that super, uh, superhuman resilience. So um, this was the guy in Deadpool, right? Uh, yes, he did appear in Deadpool. Okay, okay. Uh, he was also in the original trilogy as well. I think he showed up in number two is the first one he showed up in. He also uh, showed up in the second uh, Mortal Kombat. I think it was his name was Jackson that though, and he had metal arms and he punched <laughs> people real hard, right? Uh, he like, punched an alien at one point. That might be a different character. I think we're talking. Uh, and about yes, that. and and Professor Xavier's brother was Juggernaut. Yes, that, so, there Juggernaut. I messed it up. Yes, similar though, big brawler character. Uh, but yeah, the Juggernaut doesn't make the doesn't make the cut. Uh, but yes, very famous brother, and also has a helmet that is able to keep out Charles Xavier's uh, telepathy uh, powers. Number three, only, uh, yeah, only uh, X Men to appear in the movie that we just watched, and it is Magneto. I already have been raving about him. Um, Great character that always kind of toes the line and, and kind of shifts back and forth between supervillain and superhero, uh, kind of uh, assisting the X-Men um, and just always ends up having to uh, push it just one step too far and become the villain that he was facing. Mm-hmm. But Magneto, Eric Lynchur, uh, as we mentioned, too, has the ability to manipulate um, metal and ma- magnetic fields, and that also gives him flight. Um, by the way, he's able to manipulate magnetic fields, but very, very cool character. Number two did get mentioned, but did not appear in this, uh, as he was probably not born yet or was too young, is Nightcrawler, Kurt nice. Wagner. I thought for a second you were going to say Cyclops, and I was like, what? 
No, not Cyclops. Uh, Nightcrawler. He uh, he appears, I think, uh, in the first movie in X2. But again, this goes back to my my days as a as a kid playing on my Sega Genesis, uh, playing as Nightcrawler, being able to teleport around the map and blow up people and all of that with all of his uh, energy that he creates when he explodes from one place to another. Has a whole bunch of abilities besides teleportation, including uh, increased agility. Uh, a prehensile tail, uh, night vision. Um, he's an acrobat from his time. I think he said he was in like the German uh, circus or carnival. Can I can um, I ask a question, Ben? Yeah, I looked up a picture of this night crawler guy. Yeah, isn't this just like the red guy we just watched a movie on? Yes, and that's what we mentioned during the podcast today. He is the son of Azazel. Must have missed that. Okay, got it. Probably because of the name. <laughs> That's okay. I think his mother in some of the uh, series is is Mystique, but I'm not I'm not positive. Yeah, that. I think that's right. Yeah. It is Mystique. They, they, and can, they kind of mentioned it in reference to this one because they didn't have any moment where that seemed to be it would make any sense. <laughs> so, right. She. Like, uh, well, yeah. Somehow that happens. What are you gonna do? Uh, number one, you said you want to take I a guess, say, I, will, I did want to jump in. I think Nightcrawler is really up high, high up there. He was like my favorite part of X2 and one of the big reasons why X2 was like such a great movie, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I loved it. He's what's, awesome what's, that, it. what's that actor's name? Uh, Alan Cumming. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Awesome portrayal. I liked him uh, in the uh, in that in X2 more so than the, the new Nightcrawler. Yeah. Number one, you said you want to give it a guess, though, Jamie? Well, I was just going to give it a little uh, a little Wolverine. You don't like Wolverine? I'm su- surprised he's not somewhere on that top. Uh, no, Wolverine's just a little bit overdone. I do I don't a hate too him. Much. Uh but yeah, there's just a little bit too much Wolverine that it it gets it's it's just it's just too much. Um Yeah, so it's like a uh, it's like a Sean Mendez song. You're like, "Yeah, I like it, but you're playing it a lot." <laughs> that yeah, sure. Uh <laughs> s- s- you know, swap out Sean Mendez with a lot of different uh music that I do get into that just gets played a little bit too much. Uh, but yes, uh, Wolverine in that boat. I think he'd probably crack into my top ten, though. Uh, Got to, you know, I think the uh, creators of the uh, MCU said that Wolverine is the only X Men that would have been able to defeat uh, Thanos. And I'm like, I don't. Okay. <laughs> can I, can <laughs> I, I take so. Can I take a stab in the dark at your number one, Ben? Sure, take a stab in the dark and name. An X Men that you know of, Zach. Okay, I I looked up I looked up a list of X Men characters. Okay, and looks like there's probably at least <laughs> looks like a couple hundred almost. But um, yep. I'm gonna go with the one, the only, the one that was introduced in let's say the 1970s, and I'm gonna pick. It's got to be um, Darwin, also known. He's a mutant superhero appearing in Darwin. Armando Darwin was in this movie. Darwin, Darwin the one that was, was in this movie. movie. He's in this movie? Yeah, he's, yes. he's the black guy. <laughs> oh, the one that died? Yes. Yeah. That was Darwin. Can, right. I, can I take a stab? Can I take yeah, another take stab? Yeah, take your stab, yes. Uh, can I, is it dark stab? It is not Dark Stab. Interesting guess, okay. though. I got one more mm, guess. I was taking a stab in the dark. Okay, take one more stab in the dark. One last one. One that I know for a fact is not in this movie. <laughs> I'm going to uh, go with the one, the only, uh, box. 
box. box. Madison Jeffries is a fictional character, a mutant superhero <laughs> in the Marvel comics. Box. Madison Jeffries. Uncanny X-Men number 505, 2009. Uh, can't say that I know Box. Uh, he is not my number one. All right, that's good, all I got. Good try. Good guesses. Those are really good guesses, Zach. What is it? What is it then? You, you, you don't have a dark... You said you don't have a stab in the dark, or you do, Jamie? I didn't. Stab, dark stab, but... Dark stab. We're also, we're also coming you- up against an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, I blame you on that, because I was ready to churn through this. Number one is Gambit, the Cajun X-Men. Oh, nice. I gotta look Once again, up. very fun uh, X-Men. Pops up in a lot of the video games to play as. Gets to... Uh, is always depicted with the Ace of Spades that he uh, imbues his kinetic energy in, and he throws the cards that cut through his enemies and he also has the the metal staff that he brings around as well he charges that with yeah. his energy as well uh he's an acrobat never been super yeah never been super successfully adapted to film has not he appeared in uh, x-men origins wolverine and there were talks to have channing tatum play okay. him in a movie i googled gambit to see a picture of this guy and i saw a ton of channing tatum pictures so <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of hoping Congratulations. that. Good for you. Kind of hoping that doesn't come to fruition. I really want a Gambit movie, but I just don't think they'll do it justice with Channing, Ch- Channing you, Tatum. Who would you cast, Ben? I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I'd, I'd probably go with a deep hit. I actually really liked uh, who they had uh, chosen. Uh, what was his Friday name? Night Lights guy. Yeah, Friday Night Lights John guy. John Carter. Yeah, John Carter as well. I know the roles that he was in. I can't think of his name right now. Taylor Kitsch, right? Yes. There we go. He has a very, uh, like, a bony oh. face, tough jawline. In, in yeah, what pictures. about Taylor Lautner? What do you think of him? <laughs> Honestly, probably better than Channing Tatum for the role. OMG. What about <laughs> what about Glenn Howerton? <laughs> oh, Honestly, Glenn Howerton. He, lo- he looks the part, but I can't imagine <laughs> Glenn Howerton uh, faithfully uh, pulling off the suave badass that is Gambit. <laughs> All right, that is my list, guys. There it is. I liked it. That's fun. It's just fun. It's fun. <laughs> Let's get some of those Zach facts. Oh, those delectable Zach facts. Zach facts. It's Zach facts when you're going down. Zach facts when you're going down. Zach facts. I All will right. say, wow. Zach, I'm pretty sure Kyle is capable of uh, putting the song in. But if you want to sing it every week, go for it. Hey, as long as... He keeps, as long as our fearless leader keeps skipping out on us, he's going to get what we give him, right? Right, guys? You're with me? Sure. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Zach facts. Okay. Fact number one. <clears throat> so there was an actress before Morgan Lilly who played a young mystique. At the beginning of the movie, you guys remember this scene? Yeah. Yes, I do. This other actress, this other kid actress, she she was cast as Mystique, as a young Mystique. She arrived early on set, her first day ever, to prepare for this scene. Early. The lights were still out. It was dark. Yes. But the security guard, while caught off guard, accidentally shot and killed her. So then they (laughs) had to cast Morgan Lilly. Whoa, mm-hmm. that is dark. Mm-hmm. I can't believe we didn't hear more about that. I know. I know. Huh. Rest in peace. Dark facts. 
Here's some more Zach facts for you. Uh, now, I don't know if you guys saw this in the news or not back when this movie came out, but there was a lot of parodies. There was a lot of um, um, uh, duplicates of this movie made, and, and not only in movies, but in television as well. So, and here, here's, there's, I got a list of a few of them, okay? So, uh, so X-Men First Class, right? That's the name of the movie we watched. Um, what you might not yeah. have known is that uh, United Airlines released their own movie. The Airplane Company really? released their own movie titled Jumbo 747 X-Jet First Class Only. Oof. Wow. Mm-hmm. And it's also about mutants or no? I, I didn't see it. Oh, oh you didn't shit. see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got to research that shit for the role here, man. No. Don't tell me what to do. Okay, sorry. Wait, you don't have to, but how are they going to hire you as the X-Men expert? Actually, I see you should just just be an expert, like an X dash pert. Yeah, let's Ooh. let's do that. But that I was bet just that's one. That's what that guy's business card says. If you get one, right? There's yeah, more. Exactly. There's more. Now you guys okay. might know the man that's named George Lucas. Now he wanted to make a spinoff movie titled "Man in X Wing: Rise of First Class Jedi's." <laughs> he wanted to make it. Yes. Didn't is it, didn't is, get that one. He hasn't he hasn't made he it? He might. Uh, he might. Um, there was also a never-before-released 10th Ernest movie titled oh. Ernest X Rides in First Class. <laughs> Ernest X, like Jason X, Rides in First Class. Yes, if you want to compare it to that, yes. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're kind of getting into the Friday the 13th there with uh, Ernest First Class, but it's the 10th movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, there is also a TV court series spinoff titled Judge X-Man First Class Action Lawsuit. <laughs> oh, okay. So is it a colon? So it's Judge yes. X-Man colon First Class Action Lawsuit? Yes. Or is it, it Judge X-Man the first colon Class Action Lawsuit? The first one you said. First one, not the second. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't make the show. Now, the last fact I've got for you tonight is that, uh, as a lot of our movies have, you know, of course, X Men First Class did have a porn parody. Oh, um, yeah. the the first one is called X X X Men First Ass. Oh, <laughs> that's but, definitely believable. Interesting. But we live in a day and age where if there's something that's that's for men, then we need something for women. Oh, and the, for the ladies and, 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 and the, for men. <laughs> and, ladies, my Mercedes. And the other movie is called XXX Women Cock in Class. <laughs> Co- cock in Class. Yes. That's not a very so, good pun. Sorry. Cock, well, C-O-C-K. That one didn't have a budget like the first one did. So. Did you say Cock in Class? Yeah. It's a school film. It's not cock and ass. No. Oh, uh, nice. I'm just I'm just saying that it seems. I don't seems obvious. Yeah. I don't I don't feel like that. Regardless of how you do that one, I don't see how anyone would be able to translate that you're trying to make a parody on X Men First Class. I think you're too far away from the source material there. There's a bunch of mutants in a classroom mm. getting freaky. Thanks for listening to Submersion. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating on iTunes. 